Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin. Welcome to The Next Generation with me, your host, Victoria Cece. This is your podcast to learn about all the cool things Italians 30 and under are up to in the food and wine scene. And yes, that includes all the best things to eat. All right. I am sitting here with the lovely Bilera Sette Padi of Sette Padi Restaurant and Bakery, but we are in the bakery right now. Hi, B. How are you? Hey, how are you? It's so nice to see you. Welcome home. I know. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to always sit and chat with you, especially with Panettone between us. <laughs> she is the Panettone princess, if you don't know her before, you know her now. She is the star of Sette Pari, well, the restaurant, the bakery, but right now the bakery is your love, right? The bakery is definitely my baby, which is, I can't really say that too loud because my dad will get offended because this bakery was definitely built with his blood, sweat, and tears way before I was even brought onto this earth. I mean, well, when were you brought onto this earth? How um, old are you? I'm 27 years old. I was born in 1995, November. I'm a Scorpio baby. You're a Scorpio <laughs> baby. And you're doing a lot as a young stor- Scorpio baby. It's so <laughs> impressive, everything you've done. And so what is your position and role in Satepani Bakery? First and foremost, at Satepani Bakery, I am one of our bakers. But of course, We don't have a marketing team, so I take care of all of our marketing and anything that relates to our e-commerce. That's something that I brought to the table when I started working for Satipani full-time. You've known me since we were in middle school, so (laughs) you've known that I've always been very much a part of Satipani Bakery and Satipani Restaurant, but as a kid, I grew up helping out after school, over the holidays. Christmas never really was Christmas unless I was here working at the bakery. But that big switch really happened during the pandemic. I was working in fashion pre-pandemic and I realized my family really needed my help when I realized that there could be a chance that my family loses everything if we don't figure out a way to move ourselves forward, you know? Sadepani this location that we're in, we're in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. This neighborhood is the original neighborhood where my family immigrated to when they moved out of Sicily. So my dad was born in a small town called Ventimiglia di Sicilia, which I don't know if you can tell my tan, but I just got back from Sicily. I know, you're glowing. <laughs> I'm, I'm very jealous. I was tan like you, but then I came back here for a month and now I'm, I got that New York non-tan. Non-tan. <laughs> Oh, but you know, our roots are very important. And this is not actually my family's first location, but this is the first location that we called Sete Pani. Mm-hmm. My dad started this business with his parents, and their first really big location was in the heart of the Greenwich Village in the 80s. I mean, that was when the village was really the village, you know, not. My dad went to NYU, and two blocks away from NYU, he had his own bakery where my grandfather with Nono, I think, was always sitting at the front door. My mom said that she has vivid memories of her walking to the bakery and Nono was there like, with a cigarette and reading his, his uh, <laughs> giornale, the newspaper. Oh, so and my special. Nonna, yeah, and he used to watch the oven. 
you know, growing up, I've always remembered my nonna being behind the counter and teaching, I mean, teaching everyone how to tie a box and all this stuff. And then, so when growing up with an environment like that, without, like, it almost comes a second nature, you know, I never thought of myself as working here. Like this was always like an activity, an after school activity, you know, some people go play, I don't know, sports after school. Yeah. I came here and filled cannolis. Like your, fa- your family life was a family business. A hundred percent. There was no separation. Yeah. And we definitely have two locations. I just enjoy being here more because I am a baker. I um, recently just graduated from Ice Culinary Institute with my pastry chef degree. Or, Congrats. Thank you. My pastry arts degree. Sorry. Thank you. I'm very excited. But I'm excited to see like where we can bring Satepani because I feel like we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Panettone is one of my favorite things that we make here. We've been making it all year round, way before I was even in the picture. We have a location in Harlem. And when we opened up in Harlem, my mom would, you know, my mom's madly in love with Panettone. And I feel like that's partially why mm-hmm. she married my dad. <laughs> but in Harlem, you know, we marry for food, guys. Always. If you need any secrets, you've met out there. <laughs> But she would always, you know, give someone a slice of panettone, um, Sunday brunch, Saturday brunch. Our signature dish on the menu is panettone French toast. And Harlem is, is where our restaurant is. And it, in Harlem, you know, there wasn't, I mean, yes, it's a OG point where Italian immigrants used to move to. But the area in Harlem where we are, there's not a big Italian or Italian-American influence. So people would think this was my mother's bread. And they're like, oh, Leia makes this incredible bread. And then they'd go to Italy and be like, Leia, I found this bread in Milan that tastes just like that bread you make French toast with. She's like, um, yeah. Yeah, it's not my bread. I can't take ownership for it. We just also yeah. make it. And I love that you're, you're telling the story and calling panatone bread because it is a bread. People get really confused as to what panettone is, and that's leading into what we wanted to talk about further on this podcast is the dish, which is not a dish. It's really a bread. It's a bread. A sweet bread that is traditionally a Christmas bread. It's the fruitcake of Italy. It's not as bad as that like weird fruitcake you see in like American movies. It's completely different. <laughs> but looking at panettone, it's something that I think is so unique because, first of all, as you said, your family is Sicilian not from Milano or where Pandoro in, in Verona, right? Of course. That must be so interesting to carry on a history and do that cultural storytelling, especially for you because you're a what, first generation. First generation. Which puts you, puts you in a really interesting position because most people it's like, oh yeah, I'm Sicilian from like, I don't know, 1800, like great-great-great-grandfather. Great, great but no, your your dad moved here, what, it was 18 years old? No, he was, I think he was 15 years 15? old. He moved here in 1973. He went to school here. And actually, the reason he got into the baking business was my grandmother was so worried about what he could get, him and his brother could get into after school. So she found a bakery, and she asked if they could work there after school. She wasn't going to be home when they got home mm-hmm. from school. So it was kind of like building this community. Because, you know, as immigrants, you come into a new country, you have to make it your own. But you have a lot of other things going on. You need to find a job. You need to do this. You need to do that. And your kids are also a big problem. I mean, not a problem, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to worry about. So my dad's safe space was this bakery that he worked in after school. And for me, the bakery has always been my safe space. You know, it's someplace, it was almost like for my parents, a free babysitting place. They'd leave us there and have us do orders. My grandma would watch us when we were younger. The staff would watch us when we were younger. I mean, there's a girl who I still keep in touch with, who I think I was in middle school. 
And she says now, like, part of her job or part of her role was that she would have to watch us when Nina was, like, supposed to be watching us. She'd be like, oh, while you're taking care of customers, do you mind just watching the kids make sure they don't leave the place? Like, Mm -hmm. things like that. So it it really is, I mean, I don't know. You know Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? That's how I feel the bakery is to me. No, absolutely. And I think it's important to shine light into what it's like to grow up in a family business that's now become this, you know, Panatona empire (laughs) in New York, because obviously you're carrying on like a new chapter in the legacy, but it's also been, you know, there's so much work that goes into it and it's a constant, and you guys also have a restaurant. So it's like this constant movement all the time, especially through COVID and everything that's happening. And for you being young, I mean, like, I gotta be real. Do you have a social life anymore? I feel like I don't. I used to be so and much fun. I know, fun. you don't text me back, but <laughs> that's not the point. I know. I used to have so much fun. I mean, I obviously enjoy what I do, but I miss going out and like, of course, I still go out and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but like, I don't have time in the day. And I think I don't even realize it until I'm like sitting down. I'm like, oh, sugar. Like, I didn't text any of my friends back. I don't have the energy to do this, but then in then again, like five o'clock in the morning rolls around and I'm like ready to go at the bakery. And I don't know. I think things change and you kind of have to realize like what are priorities. And I also think a part of my drive is like I really want to help my parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've sacrificed so much for us. And I want to kind of give back and be like, hey, I got this. I also have really crazy ideas that my dad's mm-hmm. like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And when I tell him these crazy ideas, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, you're nuts. You're crazy. Like the amount of times I hear that you're crazy coming from my father or my mother, I was like, okay, let's do one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Like I can't do one thing at a time. I like need to always be busy. But anyways, I think that's part of being young, I guess. Can you tell us one of the craziest moments, especially your dad, because he is like the baker where you guys butted heads and it was clear that you're like under 30, just being like, this is the best idea ever. And he's like, (laughs) you're crazy. I'm about to kick you out of this. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, what the heck? So, oh, we were making panettone one day. I feel like all these stories are relating back to panettone. We make more than just panettone. We're one of the OG wholesale Italian bakeries in New York City. So, you know, all those hospitals, restaurants, bakeries. Back in the day, just about everyone bought their bread from Sette Pani, their pastries from Sette Pani. If it was a good Italian pastry at a restaurant, it was coming from my bakery. That was my family's business. We still do a lot of wholesale. I don't love wholesale. That's my dad's baby. And we're still going to always have wholesale because that really is, it is fun. You know, it's fun making all those pastries. It's not like we're making one or two dozen cannolis. So, you know, you've been to the holidays. Mm-hmm. I've made you come and help yeah, me I out. Packing I mean, cookies. packing cookies, packing 34,000 pies. Like we're not a factory by any means. Like everything we do is made by hand. We don't have a cookie machine like every cookie we cut is cut by hand every pie crust is made by hand we have that guy who's just like bum 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 cutting out with cookie cutters we really do everything by hand and even though we're doing large quantities it's really important to us the quality and the procedure making sure that it's delicious and we're not going to give you a bad product the reason why we make the best cannolis is because everything that goes into it is the best you know, the reason why we make the best panettone, we go through heaven and hell and back just to bring the best flour to New York to make our panettone. Mm-hmm. Our pizza is so good. It's because our flour is so good. Our tomatoes are so good. Our cheese. Oh, my God. Our mozzarella. It's amazing. 
And yeah. our basil, some of it is even grown right here in our little little piece of um, land that we have right in front of the restaurant. We have a little that. herb garden that my dad likes to take care of. I want to stick on the panettone topic, but this question just came to mind. I have to ask. Of course. Given that you are like one of, I think what, uh, what I admire about you, and it's that you are Italian-American. You're also Ethiopian-American, the other half. But you really are this great conduit between Italy and America because you know, your dad was born in Italy and you spent so much time there. You speak Italian, you travel there, and you really are about like keeping those roots alive, but not through an American lens, through an Italian lens in New York. And with that said, I think it's like one of the reasons that your bakery and your restaurant is so great is that things are, I hate to say very Italian, but you know what I mean. Authentic. Authentic authentic. is like a loaded word, but it's true. That's why I wanted to ask about the cannoli because cannoli in, in New York, you know, or Jersey, it's like, ooh, you want, and cannoli, we know it's plural, but like here, it's like, oh, you in want a cannoli. That's yeah. cannoli. But what's your biggest beef with cannoli in New York? Like, what makes yours the best? Well, we stuff them to order. Mm-hmm. No There's one, one rule. No you have one to be likes... filled to order, everyone. Exactly. Filled to order, because no one likes a soggy cannoli. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> well, did you see my t-shirt? I made t-shirts that say, you cannoli get the best you can only get the best but it's felt i love that oh my god you don't have one i gotta get you one oh my goodness they're the best well i don't really have beef with cannoli you know i think that we obviously make it better than everyone else (laughs) but i'm not even saying that to be cocky like it's so good it's not too heavy you've had our cannolis i can have 13 in a sitting I mean, not all at once, but like, you know, we're talking over time, over time for having dinner. Unfortunately, that's my, that's my little key to my mm-hmm. heart. Oh, I love cannolis. I don't really have beef. I mean, I don't understand when people do it with other things. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's important. Like it's okay to get creative and like have fun with it, but you can't take away like nothing will ever be better than the traditional version exactly and that goes with many different things mm-hmm. you know like back to the panettone my mother my father they love our classic i like our classic i wouldn't say it's my favorite our classical is our number one selling panettone which i th- think find it crazy because i mm-hmm. think our number one panettone should be the panettone that got my father into the bigger my both of us we got into a huge fight over this because you know, making panettone, it starts early in the morning, usually before the sun rises. We get to the bakery, um, and I'll never forget this. It was, like, during the pandemic. Unfortunately, my mom was really sick. We were making panettone. It started early. The dough wasn't fully proof, so we had some time to kill. And, you know, it was a kind of dark time. My, my grandmother, unfortunately, was really sick, so there was a lot on our mind. And uh, my dad was like, oh, man, this is taking forever to proof. I think we came here too early. So anyways, we're killing time. The dough was in the mixer. And he was like, oh, we actually made too much dough. Maybe we can make a little batch of chocolate panettone. I was like, okay. So we divided the dough before incorporating the raisins. You know, we finished making the classic panettone. We were going to just make chocolate for really selfish reasons for myself because I love our chocolate. And what happened? My dad walked out and I threw a whole thing of Nutella into it. He walked in. He was like, what the hell are you doing? You put too much chocolate in there. I was like, oh, I actually didn't even put the chocolate yet. I just put a bunch of Nutella into the mixer. Oh my God. He's like, Paulina, we woke up all so early just for this, just for you to ruin some. I was like, it's literally extra dough, dad. He's like, who's going to buy a Nutella flavored panettone? <clears throat> 
I was like, like I will. Everyone. I was like, I will clean out my bank account. Like, I'm happy to have – throw me in Nutella. Like, I, everything is better with Nutella. So he was like, oh, Blaina, fine. But if we get stuck with it, you have to figure something to do with it. I was like, bet. I'll eat it. Like, not a problem. I'll eat it. <laughs> I'm sure I could call Victoria and be like, hey, babe, you want some Nutella on oh, yeah. So we bake it. It comes out delicious. And then before we cover it with chocolate, like we do for the chocolate panettone, I filled it up with wow. Nutella. My dad was looking at me like I had 17 heads. He was like, Selena, look at all the Nutella you just put in there. Let's weigh it. Cause, uh, Let's panettone. weigh it. One panettone is usually one kilo, right? Because I bet you this thing is going to weigh three pounds, maybe four. We weighed it. It weighed like one point two pounds. It's like you put way too much Nutella in there. I was like, whatever. I made a beautiful video. I cut this Nutella. Mm-hmm. It came out. It was like ooey, gooey Nutella, sexy, beautiful. And guess what? The phone was ringing. Hey, I just saw on Instagram that you guys have this like Nutella filled mm-hmm. bread. Do you have any? Can I come pick it up? Hey, I'm coming from New Jersey. Do you think I could put this up? Hey, I'm driving from Boston. I wow. saw this thing on Instagram. And, and as the phone just rang, I just sat there and I was like, I think we're going to have to make another batch of my panettone that has Nutella in it. And my dad did not want to be like happy with it, but he was mm-hmm. obviously very happy. He was like, all right, you're right. I don't like to say that you're right, but you're right. I'm like, okay. That's hard that, to get from Nina. That was hard. It was, you know, I, I pat myself on the back. Was very proud of me. And I mean, we should have said this before because for people who don't understand like what panatone is, like panatone is is been around for centuries as a traditional Christmas bread with the raisins and the, I mean, you, you should you should explain this because you are the panatone princess. But so it's a delicious bread. Traditionally in Italy, it's made just for the holidays. It takes a few days to make. We constantly are feeding and refreshing our mother yeast, which is what goes into making it then the day before we bake it off we do the primo impasto which is the first mix and from there you will let it proof overnight and then you do the second impasto or you do the second mix it's almost it's a very similar idea to a souffle like there's so mm. much air that goes into this so once it's baked we take it out and we hang them upside down like this we have these little skewers that mm-hmm. hang in here so it lets the panettone dry overnight upside down to keep that structure. Like we want to keep it nice and fluffy. And then the next morning we come in and then we package it. And that's what you cut into it. You see those beautiful bubbles. You see this? You see mm-hmm. this right here in yeah. the bread? So that's that's it. And then we do different variations of it. I remember we started doing like different flavors mm-hmm. all year round. And people would be like, ew, who's going to order this? Panettone is only a Christmas thing. And I was like, okay, then you only can eat it for Christmas. I will mm-hmm. eat it in April, June, July, whatever. And now, I mean, recently someone sent me a DM and they're like, hey, I know you've been making panettone all year round for a while. But now like this really big bakery in Rome is making it all year round. I think that they were probably inspired by you. And I was wow. like, wow, that's so cool. I, I obviously don't own the you know, people can do whatever they want, whenever, yeah. but it felt to me like that's such a cool feeling. Yeah, because you're breaking a tradition. And I mean, especially to think about people our age and making things more accessible, because I think oftentimes, and maybe you feel this way, also, we're both Italian American. It's like, there's Italian traditions that we love and respect. 
there's time to go outside of it. And that's okay. It's not a way to keep people out. And I think you broke that barrier to make panettone more of a like universal thing. Everyone should enjoy it the same way everyone should have nice things. There's no reason. We only have one life. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it's going to be, we're going to live to 100 years mm-hmm. old. It doesn't matter. But while we know that today is promise, mm-hmm. tomorrow might not be. Do whatever the hell you want. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. How have you been seeing... Your dad's been making panatone since he was out of the womb. How did he start making panatone? Because he's Sicilian. So when they opened up, they would sell actually sorbat panatone. And people would say, like, I wish you guys would make their artisanal, something like that. And then he actually still keeps in contact with his buddy, who I was supposed to meet up with when I was in Italy a few years ago. He's crazy. He's mm-hmm. so funny. But he's crazy. Like, good crazy. Like, I, I ended up, unfortunately, getting, um, I thought it was food poisoning, but it ended up being COVID. And I was stuck in Milan. And the day that I, like, woke up not feeling too good in the middle of the night, so I sent him a message. I said, Mister, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to come visit you tomorrow in Genoa. We're going to have to rain check our pesto date. And he was like, no, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. I'm not feeling well. Like, And he goes, okay, I'm going to come. I was like, no, it's like January. It's okay. I, I don't feel well. I'm like, I've also, I've never met him as an adult. Like he obviously knows me as a kid. And he's like, no, no, your your father is like my brother. I love him. I gotta, he would do this for my daughter. I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I was with my boyfriend and um, I was like, I promise you, I'll, I'll be okay. If I need anything, I'll give you a call. But Milan to general, it's yeah. not like, not that it's not far. like taking the subway. It's not, but well, it's, it's not also not, the subway. <laughs> yeah, it's not super close, but it's not too far. And I, I don't want to be a bird. I was fine. So um, I actually ended up going to the pharmacy and found that I had COVID. So I called him. I said, listen. I'm still not feeling better, but good thing you didn't come visit. I had COVID. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to come visit you. I was like, no, definitely don't do that. Like, I don't want to get you sick. So this man who we still have a relationship with came here to work for, I think, I don't, I actually don't remember the story, right? But he came to work for someone and I ended up working with my dad and our bakers and developing the recipe. And so that's that's kind of how it came. Oh wow, interesting. And it just stuck. Which yeah. and I think the beautiful thing about this, especially for us entering a new generation with Italian food and beverage, is just traditions are always changing, and they they're never. It's not because like someone wants to destroy the tradition. It's because of these happenstance things where it's like, so your dad starts making panettone. That obviously you're his daughter. You're raised with all this panettone love, and now you've taken panettone. It made it this year-round thing instead of this oh you know just you know christmas and christmas morning french toast and allowing people to enjoy different flavors of it like reaching different people because some people hear raisins and candied fruit and they automatically i'm good i'm good exactly you know i love classic panettone with every inch of my body most people do but i am a chocolate like exactly for me like okay yeah i'll have some classic panettone nothing against Mm -hmm. it of course i love it it's delicious but the minute you say we also have chalk you don't even have to finish saying the yeah. word chocolate. I'm like, yes, that's yes, mine. That's I want it. And so like chocolate panettone. Oh, this was the craziest thing. We did a rainbow cookie panettone. When I first suggested this idea to my dad, he thought I was going crazy. 
he was like, did you just say what I think you said? I oh, said, my God. Yeah, a rainbow cookie pan. It's our, it's our number one sold cookie in the shop. Why wouldn't we make it a panettone? He was like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. A rainbow cookie? What, is it going to be like a rainbow inside? I said, yeah, that's the idea. He was like, how are we going to make that happen? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Let's play around with it. He was like, okay, whatever. He's like, at this point, whatever you want to do, which is almost hard for me to hear my dad say because I do like that little like arguing. I love when he's like, no. And then I'm like, yes. And then it's just like dramatic and it's fun and like kind of makes our days go by a little bit faster at the bakery, I guess, which is not always a good thing. But anyway, so he was like, fine, you want to try it? Let's try it. Of course, the first year we made it, I got bullied low key on Instagram. We had people being like, ew, what the hell? And then we got a whole different community of people being like, whoa, those are like my two favorite things mixed in one. Wow, that looks amazing. Oh my gosh, where can I order it? Do you guys ship? Mm -hmm. I live in Minnesota. I live in Mm -hmm. California. I live here. I live there. Unfortunately, I can't disclose the name, but like this huge celebrity, I listened to his music. Mm -hmm. His manager came to the bakery and he was like, I've been obsessed with your rainbow cookies forever. And I want to send this person I work for and disclose his name, your rainbow cookie panettone, because he also likes your rainbow cookies. And so we sent it to him. And then he goes, okay, well, his girlfriend really likes it. And he sent him another one. I was like, freaking out fangirling. I was like, this is literally the coolest thing. Like one of my favorite musicians is sitting in Las Vegas, enjoying my panettone. But someone else was saying, ew, you're crazy. Who would ever eat such a thing? You can't please everyone. You're literally no. not a chocolate bar. Like you're not going to make everyone happy. So whatever, make and yourself think, happy. I think that's important to mention, especially in the world where like people in the younger generations with so much social media engagement, like we're constantly around opinions and mm-hmm. being overwhelmed. And like someone who's doing like so well as you are, to remember that there's always somebody that's going to have an opinion about what you're doing, and you really have to choose something that you believe in, even if it's literally a sweet bread, <laughs> a banadona. That's true. And like stand by it. Can you give me because obviously being the Italian wine podcast, but also because Sicily is home to so many incredible dessert wines. Oh yeah. Can you give me one panettone and one like wine pairing, like out of your the top Easy. of your head, or even if it has I can to come do a from few. you? Know? So. We've done a few really cool things. So one of them, wine is incorporated in everything or liquor in different ways. We've incorporated it in, you know, it's important. Part of when I was in Italy, this not this past year, this past year I went to Lipari and I definitely went and tried lots of delicious wines. But the year before I went to go visit one of the people we carry their wine. Not only do we love their wines, they make a variety of different wines that we love. We also love working with them, which I think is also very important in this business because there's a lot of bakeries. There's a lot of winemakers. There's a lot of distributors. Like there's a lot of everything. Like we live in a super oversaturated world, which is so beautiful, but also chaotic. Mm -hmm. And I think what's important is like picking your people and working with them. And like, we went to Donna Fugata, which is this company we work with. We buy a lot of their wines. We carry their wine. I remember like sipping in this wine tasting, I actually have some wine in the refrigerator if you'd like me to open it um, not yeah. now but after, but after yes. this um which pairs really well with we have a delicious olive oil rosemary and lemon panettone that we wow. make. wow 
which pairs so beautifully. I can't remember. It's the Antilla, I think, mm. which is one of their wines. It has this like beautiful be- blue. I also love their their wine labels. They're so mm-hmm. beautiful. So I'm like, of course, I want that on my shelf. But our classic panettone, we actually soak our raisins in Marsala wine the night before. Ah. So it really absorbs the flavor. We've done in the past, my grandmother is obsessed with Grand Monnier, mm-hmm. which is, I know it's not wine, but it is a liquor. Cognac. The cognac. Yeah. It's my grandmother's favorite thing ever. And so for New Year's Eve, we did a special run. We did about, I don't know, maybe 100 uh, pandoros. And we call them like our drunken pandoro. And we basically soaked it. it in Grand Manier simple syrup. And it was amazing. We've done the same thing with Hendrix Gin. We did a, a drunken panettone with their gin and this like rose petal water. It was so good. So there's different ways to incorporate it. You know, we're obviously here where everything is made, but at our Harlem location, we pair our different... So we sell panettone by the slice always. We make a panettone tiramisu, which is a special tea. yum. We do um, gelato con panettone. It's almost like a little ice cream sandwich if you hold it it's almost right like a, not a strawberry shortcake but like mm-hmm. i'm thinking of like the, yeah. Uh, yeah well that's what we do with the tiramisu like instead of the lady fingers mm-hmm. we use panettone but those like we pair it with a beautiful vinsanto mm-hmm. we carry um you know batia coltibuono yeah so we carry their vinsanto and we combine it with that which is really great uh we've done some things again this is not wine but like faccia brutto is an amazing yeah, amato yeah their amato Giorgio, I think. Uh, the green one? It, no, no the, that's uh, a Cento. Cento oh, Cento Arabet. I know what you're talking about. Anyways, yes. It's the brown bottle. It's like almost a little smoky. Mm-hmm. So I, I always, like especially during the winter when I'm like mm-hmm. cold, every single night after dinner, I will have a little piece of panettone, chocolate panettone, with a little glass of amato from Faccia Brutto. And I'm like, mwah, mwah, mwah chef's kiss. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, go. I mean, no surprise. I mean, Sicily being in island of amazing desserts yeah. especially drunken desserts and oh my south goodness. of italy as we know it so it's no surprise to me that panettone is just like ready to well i mean think own. about it our ingredients are coming from Sicily. i mean there's no place better than sicily our pistachios are amazing our wine oh my goodness our food our everything like we're doing an amazing panettone using pistachios di bronte that we're bringing back from sicily mm-hmm. And like that's gonna be our panettone of the month for September. I don't know when this is gonna air, but September panettone of the month is <laughs> um, a pistachio. And we're using Sicilian pistachios, pistacchio, which is really delicious. But you know, because we are Sicilian, it's important that we we highlight the beauty of Sicily because I think Sicilians, you know, that we immigrated here and it kind of gets diluted. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. I think my dad has instilled in me like really being true to our origins mm-hmm. and we do delicious things from my family's hometown of Ventimiglia mm-hmm. and we sell them in our store and you know people look at these little cookies and they're like what the heck what is this they've never seen anything like this and then they eat it and then they buy a pound of it because mm-hmm. it's delicious but we are constantly you know and, and it's for us it's fun like we enjoy this mm-hmm. for someone else it might not be fun this is why we do what we mm-hmm. do is we enjoy sharing our culture our traditions with others and educating them like yes this is a holiday bread but we make it all year round oh yes these are buccellati di mandorle these are cookies that 
my grandfather's sister used to be known for making. I learned how to make them from my dad's cousin. I went to Sicily for a few weeks and he showed me how he makes them. Mm-hmm. And we make them in the store. And people who, they don't have an Italian bone in their body. Mm-hmm. They don't even know how to say ciao correctly. Mm-hmm. They love them. And I think that's also so beautiful about New York, you know? Mm-hmm. We were built by, like New York City is the city full of, I mean, people come here from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool to be able to share a little bit about us with everyone else. Yeah. And then I'm not just Italian. I'm not just Sicilian. My mother was born in Ethiopia, but she was she's Eritrean. I'm half Eritrean. And there, I mean, there's, of course, an interesting relationship with Italy there. But I didn't know this till recently. My last trip to Ethiopia, I went with my grandmother, my mom's mom. And we were doing something, and I forgot how it came up in conversation. But my great-grandfather apparently was a person who first imported panettone from Italy to Ethiopia. That's so crazy. You know who goes crazy over panettone more than any Italian I've ever met? The whole Habesha community. Ethiopians go crazy for panettone. Like, absolutely nuts. And then when I tell them that we make different flavors, they're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy how food really does transcend these physical borders in the world and also these blocks we might find in communication or understanding, and we don't have time to go into the relationship between Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Italy. But like, Mm -hmm. that is such a big thing to be like, they love an Italian good and celebrate it in their own way. And also you bringing those two things together. It's really special. And to look at it in a positive light from such a multicultural perspective. And I can obviously sit here and I will sit here and talk to you more, but We have to bring it down to the end of the pod with our special five things in under five minutes, but really as quickly as possible. (laughs) To sum up this wonderful conversation with the Panettone Princess. That's me. I'm going to hit you with those five questions and I'm going to start the timer and we're going to roll. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Where are we? We are in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, um, 602 Larmer Street at Setepani Bakery. And what is the Setepani Bakery vibe? We're an Italian bakery. Um, we also have a restaurant and we love that we're Sicilian. And what is our featured food today? Panettone. Everything is panettone. Every, it's panettone every day, baby. Panettone season 24-7. And what is your wine pairing for this panettone classico? Panettone classico. Let's pair it with this delicious vin santo from Badia Coltibuono. So we're doing a Tuscan Vinsanto with this panettone. I love all this. So we got the panettone from Milano made by a Sicilian with a Tuscan Vinsanto. Fabulous. And last... Woman-owned producer. Woman-owned producer. But the great... uh, Sorry, the raisins in this panettone were soaked in Sicilian masala wine. Okay, wow. Yeah, we cross in a lot. Oceans, border... I love it. A little bit of everything. And then last but not least... What is your one thought on Italy's culinary future for the next generation? Or a piece of advice? A piece of advice, try everything. Don't knock it till you've tried it. That's to everyone. Every single person. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb, not just for food. I think it's going to be a little bit of like people trying to understand the classics and going back to even a pre-Columbus menu kind of thing. I feel like it's going to go way back. But I also, and like really learn the histories of different dishes because that's very interesting. But I also think at the same time, like Italy itself is dealing with so much more diversity than it's ever had to deal with in its 
history that I think our food is going to become, I say, it's hard to say our food because I'm literally here in New York, but I think the cuisine, like the food scene in Italy is going to inevitably have to be a little more diverse because we live in a more diverse world. Awesome answer. Well, thank you so much, Milena. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy we had this conversation and I wish you all the best. Thank you. We can't wait to eat some baratone. I know. Let's finish this up so we can have a slice. Yes. (laughs) Ciao. Ciao. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me on the Italian Wine Podcast every Sunday and anywhere you can get your pots.